Hola amigos, ¿qué tal? Stuart here from Spain Speaks with podcast number nine this week. Again, joined by John. How are you today, John? I'm good, thanks. Back from the UK, back from England? Yep, yep. I just popped over for a couple of days last weekend. Because you can't get back for uh, Christmas this year? Yeah, it's actually the first time in probably about 12 years that we haven't gone back for Christmas. Normally, uh, go back with uh, the family. Mm. And uh, Emma's going to have her first Christmas day in uh, Spain, since she can remember anyway. Yeah, because uh, she normally celebrates it there. Yeah. it's. Um, I mean, they, they find Christmas a lot more... Uh, Christmassy uh, back home in, in the UK and mm. uh, they like going back and seeing all the family uh, grandparents and everything so it's going to be a, a bit of a weird Christmas for us this year yeah so we'll talk about that actually the more Christmassy aspect to Christmas in the UK than here um, what's your what's your opinion of Christmas here so obviously you don't think it is as elaborated as it is in the UK um, I think the the atmosphere, the Christmas atmosphere is uh, a lot better in the UK in general. Um, it's not, I mean, the Christmas isn't bad here. Uh, it's just that we do tend to go go to town, if you like, on with the lights, uh, a lot of lights. The decorations tend to be very different wherever, everywhere you go. Whereas here, it's you go down the street and uh, the whole of the main road or the Gran Via in, in Madrid, it's the same lights all the way down. Very pretty, but it's all the same lights. Whereas it's a little bit more varied in the UK. Uh, a lot more colours, um, and normally the the decorations in the shop windows. Uh, very rarely you would find a shop window that hasn't got a Christmas decoration in it, yeah. uh, and they're all different. Uh, and some of them are quite unique as well, yeah. They've made themselves and things. So it's uh, it's something very different, and the kids love it. So there's more of a Christmas spirit in that regard. Yeah, mm. yeah. And the actual way they celebrate Christmas here is different in the sense that uh, the Dinner, the main Christmas dinners on the twenty fourth, yeah. Christmas Eve. <laughs> uh, Christmas lunch is a bit of uh, more. Let's say it's not as important as the twenty fourth. It's yeah, at least from my experience, from what I've seen. No, I mean uh, personally, from my experience, uh, whenever we've had Christmas in Spain, we've always celebrated Christmas on the twenty fourth, mm. uh, which I've got to for me dinner. Yeah, it was a dinner, yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, it was really weird for me at the beginning. It was like celebrating Christmas a day early. Um, and then, of course, that people started exchanging presents on the 24th. It was like, well, Father Christmas hasn't been yet. You know, uh, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, so it was, it was a, bit, a very weird situation. Um, and then the 25th, uh, my wife's family, they don't really do anything on the 25th and I remember one year we actually went to the cinema um, on the 25th on the 25th yeah. it was a really weird Christmas yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's probably one of the reasons why we we started going back uh, to the UK uh, for Christmas um, because the kids loved the Christmas atmosphere in the UK and we have to be here for for um, New Year's Eve and for Three Kings uh, yeah. my wife's uh, stipulation so uh, we have yeah, to make sure yeah. we're back for that well, that's the other point. It's the the three kings, or the the day that they call here, Reyes, which traditionally has been the bigger day. I yeah. think the twenty fourth is important, of course. Let's not take importance away from that for the general population here in Spain. But the day that they did traditionally exchange gifts was the the sixth of January. That yeah. was the day that the the gifts arise uh, arrived, which was the um, probably the reason that they didn't wait for Santa Claus to come down the chimney. <laughs> 
Uh, and it's the day when, um, yeah, a lot of the families do get together as well. So it's that extended period as well. What I find in Australia is that, of course, you know, you've got Christmas Day, Boxing Day uh, on the 26th, New Year's Eve, and then it's back to work. Yeah. Everything gets back <laughs> to normal. But here it, it's um, it's um, prolonged, let's say, until yeah. the 6th, the 7th of January. So it's quite a long festive yeah, it is. Period. It's a long festive period, uh, but it's kind of watered down, I think, in a way, um, because of the the length of the period. So mm. it's not quite so much of a big celebration on the uh, on Christmas. So I think that's probably why it's so different. Uh, mm. One of the reasons why it's so different. And then when it comes to the lights, there's always uh, people complaining about the lights and the cost and all of those things as well. Yeah. Uh, whenever they stick the lights in the Grand Vera, as you said, or the ones they put up here in this area the there is uh people that do protest and and say how much is this costing the state and all of those things along those yeah. lines so it's always a little bit controversial in fact the 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 kindergarten that my son went to a few years ago they didn't celebrate christmas really no no they um they took the extreme left point of view that Chris, well the, the day should be a celebration for everybody yeah and uh not to um, only focus on the Christian aspect. <laughs> but this always makes me laugh because uh, if you really analyse Christmas now, mm. Christmas isn't a religious holiday for a very large percentage of people that celebrate it. I am not religious in the slightest little way, not at all. But I love Christmas. Do I love it because of religion? No. I love it because of what it is, the, the fun, the atmosphere. Um, everything that goes with the traditions I love all of it the whole thing I love the whole lot especially the getting together with family it's a, it's a good excuse to get together with family and it's one of the occasions where you know everyone's going to be off of work so you can have a bank holiday somewhere but then someone goes away for a weekend someone's you know you never get everyone together whereas Christmas it's one of those occasions where everyone's off work very few people tend to be traveling over mm. Christmas mm. unless uh, uh, they're going to visit family elsewhere. So you can get more people together. So to me, Christmas is is, is always something really special, not religious at all for me. No. And I think a lot of people are like that. And for me, the difference is, of course, the weather. Um, in Australia, Christmas obviously is uh, summertime and you normally spend your Christmas day uh, waiting for the Boxing Day test to begin on the 26th of January, or at least a lot of people do. Uh, and uh, you wear shorts and you have a barbecue and you're outside. And uh, for me, the, the colder type weather, because I mean, it doesn't snow here. So it's no. just like a type of bleak, grey type of Christmas, which is, you know, typical like the day we have today, where you walk outside and everything's completely grey. There's no sun and uh, there's no snow. So no leaves on the trees so it's a it's a fairly um it's a fairly what's the word uh, a little bit depressing for me i think this time of the year really nah i i just make sure i've got my house uh, well decorated with lights uh, christmas decorations everywhere uh, and we just have christmas music on and we, we make we make the most of it there's no snow but mm. we enjoy it just the same uh, even my students come over and they start sort of getting all excited because i've got all the decorations up yeah and that. yeah but you, you've never had a, a, a Christmas in the sun, though, right? Um, I've been, I think it was probably about, oh, must be about 15, 16 years ago now when um, I was living in Mallorca. Uh, there was a point where 
I was about to move to yeah it was about 17 years ago I was about to move uh, to Madrid um, and to break it up a little bit I actually went to see my my mum and dad in Tenerife uh, oh, okay, for okay. Christmas and okay. I stayed there for Christmas and mm. a new year in Tenerife so yeah I've, I've had a Christmas uh, in the sun before but probably from my memory it's probably the only one yeah because uh, the Canary Islands again place where the weather's good all year round that's right yes so if you want to escape the uh, the winter blues, head down to the Canary Islands. Uh, closest thing to summer you'll get at this time of the year, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, it's pretty much 24, 25 degrees pretty much all year round down That's there. It, so yeah. it's uh, lovely, lovely weather, really. It's perfect. Mm. It's not too hot, not too cold. Because there, uh, there's nowhere on the, 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 the Spanish uh, mainland that you can get good weather this time of year. So Not guaranteed, no. No, maybe you get a few sunny days down in the, on the Costa mm. del Sol. Alicante, you might get a few sunny yeah. days as well. I've, I had a, I had one Christmas in Mallorca where I actually spent uh, Christmas lunch. I was on my own at the time. Um, and I spent about two hours of the Christmas uh, lunchtime on the beach uh, with my dog. Uh, it wasn't... Uh, fantastic weather but it was nice and sunny and it must have been about 20 degrees so just a nice day yeah a nice day and uh, we're in the middle of the Puente season here in Spain as well Uh, for those of you not familiar with the concept Puente it's where there's a public holiday in the middle of the week I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago there's a public holiday in the middle of the week and people normally take a couple of extra days in that week as well And uh, this time of the year, it's very, very difficult to not necessarily to get things done, but from a work point of view, self-employed point of view, uh, a lot of public holidays really affect you at the end of the month, or at least that's what I find as well. Yeah. Um, I always had the issue where I was... I had to obviously uh, charge for what I was doing. So I'm self-employed and, and if I didn't have classes, I didn't earn any money. So the the pointers were a nightmare because mm. people just went away for a whole week and you could literally lose 25% of your income in the month. Uh, I sort of kind of adapted my classes to that uh, about two and a half years ago, actually, uh, because of it was literally just because of the puentes. So I took the um, the nine, eight, eight, nine month period um, of classes that I have uh, took what money I was uh, wanting to earn over that n- nine-month period and split it between nine months. And now my all my students pay exactly the same amount of money every month. Um, even if there's puentes or uh, school holidays or anything, they pay the same amount. So I know that I'm getting a wage every month. So you're prepared it's for it. Covers me. Yeah, it just covers me for it. Rather than uh, not having any money one month and having a lot more the following month, well, it just uh, splits it out and uh, I have a an average wage throughout the whole uh, working uh, period. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the calendar for this month, uh, the 6th of December is a holiday. The 8th of December is a holiday as well. This year it falls on a Saturday, so it's not going to affect us too much. But when that does fall in the middle of the week, yeah. you get the Monday and the Wednesday or the Tuesday and the Thursday or even the Wednesday and the Friday, that's a whole week that's gone basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's like today. Today I've got uh, classes. I normally have two classes in the morning um, and then I have uh, five classes in the, in the evening. And today I've got my second class was cancelled. Uh, my last so, so, class so, cancelled. So, so people are cancelling. Oh right? yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think tonight uh, I have five classes tonight. 
uh, four children in each class, all children's classes tonight. One of the classes can, is com- cancelled completely because the, no all school. the children are away. Mm. Um, and the other classes, I don't think there's a single class where I've actually got all four of them here. There's, there's either one or two missing in the other classes. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah because everybody goes away. It's one of the biggest uh, holidays of the year. The uh, Constitution holiday, 40 years, I think they're celebrating this year, 40 years of the Spanish Constitution. 1978 to 2018, so 40 years uh, we're celebrating the Constitution. And uh, everybody goes away, everybody uh, hops in the car, everybody hops on a plane, everybody hops on a train and they go somewhere else. And a lot of people come to the capital city. Madrid is full of people from other uh, regions this particular uh, holiday because of the Christmas decorations and they go to the uh, Plaza Mayor and they walk down the Gran Via and they do all of the, you know, the Christmas All the touristy things. stuff. Yeah, there's a very touristy weird tradition stuff. of uh, wearing funny coloured wigs at Christmas oh, uh, really? in Madrid. Yeah, if you go down to... Uh, the centre of Madrid, you'll find people selling or wearing uh, funny wigs. Sort of, yeah, like tinsely type wigs. It's very, <laughs> very weird. I don't quite quite get how that uh, managed to get itself into a Christmas uh, tradition in Spain. But yeah, if you have a look down there in Madrid now, you'll find a lot of uh, people going around with uh, green and red wigs. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people come here and they go to like the some type of uh, special bakeries or. Um, I think it's a bakery, the Mallorquina. Have you been to yeah, that the Mallorquina? It's in this corner of yeah. um, uh, Calle Mayor, and they have the a uh, like some type of uh, um, what do they call it? A chocolate pastry and yeah. Roscones as well. They'd be selling uh, always sell early. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, all of these uh, typical things. There's yeah. a, there's a typical. There's a like a sweet for every occasion. The Roscon de Reyes, that's right, yes. I Personally, I don't like it very much. It's a little bit... Uh, I quite like it. It's not you like it? Yeah, it's right, yeah. quite well, like it. It's not my favourite, but yeah, a slice or two over mm. Three Kings. Yeah, quite quite nice. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really into those sweet things. That's why I don't get into this. Or the um, Napolitana de Chocolate, which is the the one yeah. from uh, the Mallorquina there in the centre. And also, you can't even get into the place. I mean, there's, there's, li- there's literally thousands and thousands of people queuing to get it. Oh, Oh, yeah, and it's like the lottery as well. You go try and get a lottery now this weekend in, in Madrid, the Impossible. Christmas lottery, mm. and you'll be queuing outside for ages because there's specific uh, places that sell the lottery in uh, the centre of Madrid, which are very famous. They've been Doña Manolita. Yeah, exactly, where they've uh, won the, uh, <laughs> the Gordo uh, a few times and people get there because they think it's lucky. Do you buy a ticket? I always get a lottery ticket yeah, every year. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, you think about it, if you spend two euros or two fifty, is it now, euro millions, and you've got, I don't know, 20 million to one chance of actually winning uh, a decent amount of money, it's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, and then this, these tickets, the lottery tickets for Spain, I actually really love the way the uh, Spanish do their lottery tickets. I mean, it's 20 euros for a, a Christmas one. It is expensive. It's really a lot of money. So normally you sort of buy one. You maybe 20 euros it. to win to how much? What's the, if you the spend that 20? Maximum right. price is 400,000. Okay. So. Uh, but there's tax on that. So uh, you 20, actually walk 20%. away with about 320. Uh, 20%. Yeah. Okay. But that's not one person. So you could have, a lot of people can have the same ticket. So you could have 100 people or walk away. I don't know if it's 100 people or something like that. will walk away with 40,000. But if you have that... 20 uh that that's what that's what you win if your you number win comes up 400,000 that's right yeah. so i think you divide it's uh, yeah it's 4 million divided by 10 i think for that 
death him out. Biggest but that's right. But then you've yeah. got series as well, so there's mm. more than twenty people that win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the minimum you're going to get is uh, if you, if your number comes up by spending twenty is four hundred thousand. So it's not the maximum. Yeah, yeah. Ma- sorry, the maximum. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But then, but they've got other prizes as well. So I mean, there's the second prize. I don't know. It's two hundred thousand or something. I don't I can't remember now. Uh, but you've got other prize uh, breakdowns as well. So you've got decent amount of prizes, mm. and I think. What was there a hundred thousand numbers? I think uh, nine hundred ninety nine. Uh, I've, I've never really got, uh, I've never really gone into the details because yeah. I, don't, I don't normally. I, I, I buy a lottery ticket just because you're forced to basically. <laughs> It's, it's yeah, difficult. In some ways you are, yeah. It's difficult to escape it. Everybody's uh, sticking one at your, in your face this time of the year, uh, whether it's a, a defimal, a ten percent share, I think, or a. Or a participation in, yeah. like, you know, the kids' um, schools, uh, sporting clubs are always trying to sell you one as well. So you end up spending, uh, I think, you know, you can't get away with spending less than 50 this time of the year. No, it's, wait, the, the thing is you're, you're under quite a lot of pressure to buy them as well. Mm. So especially, I mean, if you work in a company, well, it's such a tradition. company have their own number That's as it, well, and yeah. they sell their own number within the, the yeah. employees. Well, if you imagine you're in a company of, say, small company, 20 employees, and you're the only one who hasn't bought a ticket and they actually win something. Yeah, well, that's what it's they like, get you on every so you, time. Yeah, yeah, so you kind of get this pressure, you've got to buy one, you know. So, yeah, it's uh, it's something that happens uh, every year and you end up, uh, I mean, I think I always end up with about three tickets. Yeah, it's difficult to avoid, difficult to avoid. Now, there were uh, a couple of comments on one of the videos we did a couple of weeks ago. There's one in particular that I want to point out, talking about the medical and pharmaceutical industry from Dean Olsup. And he says that he would like to hear our take on that particular industry in Spain. In the tourist areas, there seems to be a pharmacy every few miles and a lot of people from the UK, older generations, that is, travel to Spain to buy their medicine at a discounted price. And uh, things that are controlled, controlled in the UK, uh, seem readily available over the counter. Um, your take on medicines, John? Um, I, th- I think the the pharmacies or chemists, if you like, uh, have got a lot stricter here over the last sort of 15, 20 years compared to what I remember. I remember I used to be able to get uh, an inhaler. Uh, I, I get hay fever and I asthma. I, yeah, I get a bit of asthma. Uh, I probably only use it twice a year, I think. But I I had an inhaler from the UK and it expired. Um, the expiry date had gone I thought oh, better get a new one so I went and asked in the chemist uh, down in, in Madrid I think it was probably about uh, 2002 2003 and they actually gave me one over the counter uh, without a prescription uh, which I was quite surprised about so that was uh, very easy to get hold of now it's impossible to get now I have to get a prescription for the inhaler now okay, so, so it's I'd... definitely they've definitely clamped down on it a bit mm. But it's very, very much true. There are some uh, medications that you can get um, either in bigger quantities uh, or without a prescription here, which you would need in, in the UK. Yeah. So um, some of the uh, over-the-counter drugs also we mentioned before seem to be a lot stronger, even your yeah. your um, your basic things like your paracetamol and uh, what was the other one we mentioned? Ibuprofen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, that's, uh, I think, 200 milligram maximum uh, size tablet in the in the UK, or yeah. at least over maximum. the counter. Over the counter. It's mm. maximum 200 uh, milligram tablets. Well, you can also get it in a supermarket in the UK yeah. as well. Yeah, mm. that's the one good thing. In England, you can get, uh, in the UK, you can get the 
sort of basic medication, paracetamol, uh, neurofen, yeah. uh, even cough um, medicine in some cases. I think you can actually get in some of the supermarkets. They have the little chemistry section as well. You can get these things there, um, whereas uh, here they don't really. They're, well, they're not, they don't sell anything. Uh, you got medication. You got to go to a chemist. The chemist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember even when I first came here that if you wanted to buy, um, I didn't have a child at the time, but if you even wanted to buy baby food, you had to go to a chemist. Really? Yeah, I'm talking 20 years ago, so before, yeah. before we had kids. Yeah. Uh, that was deregulated and now you can buy them in supermarkets as you said all of that mm. type of stuff so things are changing some things become stricter some things become obviously less regulated the thing that i find also is that um n- not only are some of those basic basic things a lot stronger like the paracetamol up to one gram i think it paracetamol is what to one gram i think you can buy easily over the counter the is at least up to 600 if not one gram as well yeah i think maybe and if you do have a condition, if you've got high blood pressure, cholesterol and all of those type of things, to get that type of medicine is also a lot cheaper. Uh, if you have a prescription or even if you don't have a prescription, I mean comparing some medicines that I see. So, for example, high blood pressure pills, very, very cheap here even without. Well, you, you, you need to get, a, um, you need to get a, a prescription for that, but the price is... Uh, quite reasonable Uh, but things that you don't need a prescription for for example if you've got um, a problem with your uh, thyroid for example and you need to get some type of medication for that which is not um, you don't need a prescription for that it's it's a lot cheaper here to buy that medication than it is in, Mm. in Australia I think you pay three euros and 50 cents for 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 you know four months of treatment Really? And I think in Australia you can pay anywhere up to you know close to 50, 50 Australian dollars for the same thing. Yeah, I mean I've, I've uh, had to get a prescription from the UK for a long time, so I'm not sure what the the prices are now. But just comparing the price of um, uh, ibuprofen, uh, which I I take every now and again because of, I have sinusitis, so uh, I have to take it every now and again for the headaches and that just to clear the inflammation yeah. and uh, the difference. Uh, in price compared to the UK, especially considering they're like three times stronger as well, it's, uh, it's quite mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, it's good for a hangover. Don't get many hangovers. <laughs> not a big drinker, me. No, uh, no, no, I get no, a few. No, I'm, not, I'm, not not, I'm not saying that I get a lot, but uh, but uh, every now and again, like after <laughs> Christmas, if you want to get rid of your hangover, you take one of these. Um, one gram of uh, paracetamol, and uh, it goes pretty quickly. <laughs> the um, the other question he says here that uh, in the UK getting an appointment is sometimes is two weeks for a minor ailment. Uh, and he says that uh, medical centers in Spain are not full of people with minor colds and, you know, those, those you know, things that a lot of people don't tend to go to the, to the medical centers. Now, this is one point that I think the system here has definitely got worse over yeah. the last few years uh, uh if you uh, i mean we have a local medical center down do you go to the local one down here we go to do? the one at santa monica oh you go to santa monica yeah. okay so i go to this one just down the road here that uh, it's a bit closer to where we are and uh you don't get an appointment quickly there no, no. in santa monica last time i tried to get an appointment there uh i think i went in on a i don't know if it was a monday or, a, or something it was about nine ten days for yeah. appointment and i've yeah. just fallen off a ladder and <laughs> done my knees in it's yeah. yeah, it ridiculous yeah so what they say is that they they want you to go to the um or they tell you that if you have a you know serious problem go to the emergency mm. uh services 
which obviously is not the best thing to do, but that's what they tell you. So I think you can order your, or so you can book your appointment online. That's um, pretty disastrous. Sometimes it's you know two weeks to try to get in there, and it's very difficult to get in to 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 sometimes see the doctor in the time that you want. Uh, people are not going to the medical centre with small things. Mm, I reckon that's uh, the complete opposite. I reckon yeah. it's full of people with of, uh, minor complaints. Full of people loads with, of people with a cold or a cough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's just my experience. I mean, I don't know. In fact, uh, I, I heard a story once somebody said here because a lot of the, um, the retirees spend their day going to the medical centres and uh, the banks and these things. And I remember I heard a joke once and uh, there was all of these uh, retired people at the medical centre and they said, um, where's Juan? I haven't seen him for a while. And one of the persons said, well, he must be sick if he's not here. <laughs> At the medical center, of course. So that was a joke that was going around. So, so there is a there is a logjam, let's say, in the uh, in the in the medical system, at least here in Madrid. I don't know in other uh, communities because remember that health is controlled by the uh, the different communities around Spain. Yeah. So it could vary according to where you are. Definitely, yeah. But in Madrid, all I can say is you don't get an appointment uh, the same day. Not even sometimes in the same week. Depending on uh, depending on the luck or the time of the year, yeah, you I normally get asked to you know if if you want an appointment, it's something you think is uh, urgent. They'll just say, well, uh, sit in the waiting room, and uh, when there's an appointment that comes mm. through, it's a bit like just waiting and trying your luck, really. And yeah. if they get a free free moment, they mm. they send for you. And that's another thing: the waiting times. I mean, I've I've had appointments mm. for ten o'clock, and you don't get in sometimes until eleven fifteen. You know, so. Yeah, the, when I hurt my knee, I, I finally went in to see the doctor, and uh, I think my appointment was for uh, thirty-nine minutes past ten or something like that. Yeah, you get a specific, specific minute, yeah. and uh, I think I think it got to about ten past eleven, and I asked the woman next to me, I said, "You've been here since before I was here. So what time was your appointment?" And she, her appointment was like ten twenty-five or something, and you know, I was fifteen minutes after her, and she hadn't even gone in yet. So I, th- I think we were waiting there for a good hour in the end. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in that, in that, in that sense, there's there's not a lot of difference, I don't think. Yeah, I but think anyway, it's about the same. Mm. All right, good. Yeah. So that's on the the topic of um, uh, medical and uh, pharmaceutical uh, issues here in Spain. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, John, is um, uh, safety in Spain. Whether or not you think. Spain is a safe country to live in, a safe country to uh, to bring up your uh, kids. My personal opinion uh, is that it is fairly safe. I mean, we're living 20 kilometers more or less away from the biggest city in Spain. Big cities are normally crime hubs around the world. I know probably there's a lot more crime in London than there would be oh, yeah. in uh, Stony Stratford, for example, yeah. I imagine, of course. <laughs> uh, per capita, I mean. You yeah, know. of course. And uh, Madrid's no exception in that regard. But uh, I, I do find Spain to be a safe country. I have mentioned this in other videos. I have never had a problem, touch wood, of course, with uh, with minor crime. I think the, the worst problem I've had is that my bicycle was stolen from the metro station down the road here. I wrote it down thinking I was going to be a good citizen and uh, help the environment, and uh, the first day, bang, it was gone. <laughs> That's my uh, only experience with crime, as I said, touch wood. John, uh, what's your opinion? Um, I, I find Spain pretty safe. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really worry about uh, crime too much here. Uh, there is more crime in Rivas than there was a few years ago, I think. I think it has incremented a bit. 
Uh, we've had a few more break-ins uh, in houses. So there w- has been a big problem with uh, storerooms uh, being mm-hmm. broken into oh, it, really? uh, in garages. The wa- in the warehouse area? No, no, in uh, the, the trasteros and the storerooms, oh, okay, in, okay. like people's personal storerooms at the bottom of uh, flats. So you've got a big block of flats. Yeah. Uh, basically, as part of your flat, you get your flat, uh, a garage space normally in underground parking and then there's normally um, a yeah. trastero which is like a storeroom a place to leave your stuff to leave, to leave your stuff basically yeah. what's it called trastero trastero mm-hmm. um, and there was a spate of uh, robberies in trasteros where people were getting into these places and uh, and opening them up and yeah. stealing things out of there mm. uh, so there are things going on personally I've had my van broken into uh, in the parking in my building uh, this is when you were living in a flat when I was living in a flat it was about five years ago I had all my tools stolen out of the van um, which was uh, an absolute nightmare it was about 4,000 euros worth of sto- uh, tools yep. uh, taken out of the, the back of the van um, uh, but apart from that it's just uh, little things here and there you hear about but there is a spate of uh, robberies with cars uh, some cars that have been stolen and uh, batteries from cars oh really stolen yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird but thing. nothing nothing out of the ordinary nothing, uh, I, I certainly haven't heard much of any violent crime mm. in Rivas um, so when it comes to safety I'm really not uh, too concerned obviously I don't, I don't like my daughters going out at night time when it's dark uh, but I think that's just a general parenting thing mm. um, they, they're not allowed to take the dog out once it's gone dark uh, I'll do that myself um, but so avoid any reasons. Yeah, but yeah. they're only nine and twelve, so I mean, I think that's pretty normal. But uh, walking down the street in Madrid, for example, you never. You, I mean, obviously, you might somebody might somebody okay. might try to steal your wallet or your phone or yeah. your camera or something along those lines. But uh, it doesn't necessarily tend to be violent crime in no. that regard. No, I've actually, uh, it's been quite, it's quite funny. I'm on another uh, Facebook page uh, with all the teaching assistants from uh, Madrid. And uh, the amount of teaching assistants, mainly Americans, that have their uh, phones stolen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, it's absolutely crazy. So there's obviously a lot of pickpockets uh, going around Madrid, and they obviously look for people that look touristy and, and that aim yeah. at those people. Well, yeah. I mean, tourists are an easy target in any yep. city, you know, whether it's Barcelona, whether it's Madrid, whether it's Paris, whether it's Venice, whether it's Rome, whether it's London as well, I suppose. Any you capital know, city. Any capital city, that's yeah. right, because you get people specifically targeting tourists for the reasons that, firstly, they, they're not here for a long time, so they might not even report it. Yep. And the other issue is that if you don't speak the local language it's not easy to put in a police report yeah. I imagine and they're pr- probably more likely to have cash on them and yeah, uh, more right. money on them than other people around because they're doing right. touristy things mm. uh, and they're spending money so yeah I mean it's, it's a normal I mean I used to work on the tourist buses uh, well selling tickets for the tourist buses in the middle of uh, Seoul and you, you, you'd be sitting there serving people and you'd see the same pickpockets go yeah, past all the time, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. so there's plenty of them around so you just got to be careful but it's nothing really violent no, not, 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 not much I mean you get the uh, you see on the TV every now and it's a capital city so you're going to get something you see uh, there's jewellery heists and, oh, no, course, and stuff yeah. like that sometimes that but like muggings uh, in the uh, streets not really heard much mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. yeah I think I mean if you compare uh, any European city with you know other um, cities around the world especially when you're you know, obviously in the, some of the poorer countries obviously you don't get a lot of those crimes that you would get 
maybe in some South American countries, obviously, mm. you know, yeah. a lot of people tend to, uh, I get the impression a lot of people tend to compare Spain with your Mexicos and your Venezuelas. Really? Well, uh, uh, people that don't know. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So they think that obviously Spain is the language spoken, uh, sp- sorry, Spanish is the language spoken, so you'd have the set same characteristics in, in some of the countries as yeah. well. I mean, one of the comments that I got yesterday or the day before was, um, is Spain a clean country compared to what? I mean, yeah, you how, know, what are you comparing it to? Are you comparing what, it to Switzerland? Or, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, see yeah. if, I'll see if I can find the comment, but... Um, uh, dog excrement, definitely not. <laughs> uh, far from it. Uh, in other ways, I think it's a very clean country. I, I, I think it do, all really does depend on hmm. um, what you're comparing it to. And, and also, I think it's actually very scary, the amount of people, tourists, or even people that are coming over to live that come from another country, come here, and have absolutely no knowledge of the country whatsoever. Yeah, um, yeah I've, I've been in the middle of Seoul and had uh, an American guy come up to me and ask me which metro stop he had to get off of to go to the beach. Um, well, here? Yeah, mm. and I, I sort of looked at him and I, he was being dead serious. I, I just said, well, if you get on the metro, take the you know line eight, I'll take you to the airport, jump on a plane, Barcelona, and I'm sure there's a metro stop uh, somewhere near a beach in Barcelona, but I said here, I think you're going to find it difficult. There's not one here, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the question was, is there any extreme poverty in Spain and is... Spain clean overall. Now, um, this person got three replies here from the from the community. Uh, of course, it's clean. What do you think? Was the first one. <laughs> well, you must be living under a rock to ask such questions. M uh, L M A O. And uh, Spain is pretty damn clean. I can tell you that. Really safe too. Extreme poverty? Question mark. It's Europe, dude. Not Afghanistan. Was one of the comments here. <laughs> so the the uh, some people do get that impression that that there are similarities between, as I said before, yeah. the, the Spanish speaking countries. But in that in that regard, you know, I, I obviously I've only ever been to Argentina. I haven't been to a lot of uh, places in South mm. America. But I mean, uh, you can't compare the 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 Central American countries or the a lot of the South American countries with the with with what you have in Europe in general. I don't. Yeah, think. well, the thing is, people do make those comparisons. But what this guy has actually said, the comment. I mean, I don't actually. I Which don't one? The, this, the, the the main the comment? actual main comment. I don't yeah. think is um, there's any need for anyone uh, Spanish people or anyone else to take offence to his comment. I mean, at least he's asking. Uh, the amount of people actually turn up here and have not asked, have not made any sort of effort to find out about Spain before they arrive mm-hmm. is is ridiculous. So I mean, at least this guy's actually he's made a comment, he's asked a question, and he's he's you know he obviously has no idea about Spain. But well, the the point that you said here uh is spain clean overall now let's classify what we think he means by clean streets are clean streets are pretty clean i mean we have uh, especially in rivas we have a lot of people uh cleaning up all the time yeah. so yeah okay um uh what else could you think dog excrement as you said That's probably not that's a problem. I think that's a problem all over Madrid as well, and uh, I, I don't know why. I really yeah. don't, because in general, uh, Madrid's a pretty clean place, but for some very weird reason, there's dog excrement everywhere. You have um, to... Uh, I, weird, my my recommendation weird. is that always walk with your head down. Honestly, I do that. When I take the dog out for a walk, yeah. I literally have to go around looking where I'm walking because I'm dodging dog poo everywhere. Yeah. And there's some streets that are worse than others. Yeah. 
I mean, there's one particular street here which is um, at the back of a high school just down the road here. That is unbelievable how dirty that street is. It's just like people deliberately go to that street with their dog's darkness crap. Unfortunately, it seems to... Uh, it's, uh, the last week, there's all of a sudden been a... An increment in the amount of excrements that are, are along the, on the street where I live Why is and that? nearby, and it's been in the last week. Is that it, one particular person? And I think it's one particular dog. So I don't know what's changed or what it is. It's always the same. I mean, analysing dog poo here. I can't believe I'm doing this on, <laughs> on a video, but it's always the same size and, this, and, uh, and everything. So I'm sure I'm pretty sure it's the same dog. Um, so I don't know whether it's someone different taking a dog out, someone who's got a new dog and just isn't looking after it properly. Um, but it's all of a sudden there's just this dog poo everywhere and it's amazing if one person starts letting their dog poo on the streets well it only takes a few days for that to suddenly start becoming a problem because it's all over the place dog goes to the toilet twice a day boom you know yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm surprised because we have a school, you know, as we've mentioned before, just across mm-hmm. the road. And uh, amazing how you would see that somebody's let their dog do its business in front of a school. I mean, you've got to be, you've got to be a real um, twat to. <laughs> <laughs> to, right word for it. Yeah. Uh, to do that, right? Yeah, you got you got to be in it. Well, basically, I mean, let's face it, you've got to be a complete asshole to do it. Yeah, and you can beep that out later. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got to be you've got to be a bad person to do that. It doesn't take five seconds to put your hand in a plastic bag hmm. and pick it up. Yeah. And there's bins everywhere. I mean, that's something you can say about really. That's for well, sure. There's paper good, baskets. Well, that, that's a good point. There's bins um, everywhere. There are bins everywhere. Yeah, there are bins everywhere. I still see. And this is something I, I haven't seen uh, in Australia for a while. I have seen people still empty their ashtrays uh, when on the in, 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 in the, on the street in, in, and in car parks, for example. Really? There's an area that we have up here that's a, a common place for kids or you know teenagers to get together on a Friday and Saturday night. They go to McDonald's, they get the takeaway, mm. yeah, and they just leave it all over the place. That's that Botheon effect as yeah. well. Um, I don't know what it is about the Bodhiyon, but people don't like to clean up yeah. after themselves. I've got. I mean, if you if you analyse the um, the society at the moment, um, if you look at the teenagers now, I have to admit the teenagers uh, in the last sort of ten years have got a lot dirtier. They're leaving a lot more rubbish around. Uh, if you go to McDonald's, places like that, I mean, okay, the staff are paid to clear up, yeah. but if you've got a, a like rush hour very busy area and you've got people coming on and off the tables all the time people just don't take the rubbish off the tables and stuff that's a restaurant though it's a different story I don't know but if you look around there's a lot of kids that go around they, they leave bottles and uh, just throw cans on the floor mm-hmm. and stuff the lucky thing we've got here is that we do have people clearing it up on a regular basis um, there'll be people like me as well I mean, we're, we're going out taking the dogs for a walk you see a, a, a can on the road you just pick it up with a bin sort of 50 metres away so, so you're doing your bit pick up uh, things every now and again what I won't do is pick up other dogs poo I mean I'm not going to do that um, <laughs> but yeah it's just one of those things you've got to be a civil well that that that's what it's all about as well and um, uh, there's always been at least it's always been my impression that Spanish people are very clean in their homes but when they're in the street sometimes they're not do you know what i mean um you can say that about any uh, you, you can't anyone you, really though, well can you can but um mm. a lot of homes are impeccable uh but as you said they'll take their dog out and uh 
and uh, bang. Yeah, that that to me is the biggest problem at the moment is the is the dog poo. That's that's the, that's the biggest issue. Yeah. Apart from that, I mean, in general, uh, Spain's a very clean country. I think. Uh, I think some people do misinterpret uh, some traditions or, or say ways of life in Spain. Uh, to like in bars, dirty. exactly. <coughs> uh, a lot of tourists see the bars. Uh, in bars, it's very normal for people to to get their tapas and they maybe they've got a wo- uh, little uh, wooden stick in it a cocktail stick in or a in chicken it, wing or a chicken wing and they just throw the rubbish on the floor I mean I got me when I got here I was like oh that's gross you know what just can't you just put it in the bin but you get someone come around every half an hour clearing up the floor and it's just a typical Spanish bar and I think maybe people sort of interpret that as the Spanish are dirty and uh, the country's dirty but it's not the case it's, it's a typical thing that happens in bars and to be honest it's happening a lot less now than it was uh, in the past as well so yeah I think there is some um, not not only that as well but you do notice that for example there's a lot of people sitting uh, outdoors and having meals as well having mm. a coffee having a snack yeah. having a meal and sometimes when it's a little bit windy I have seen serviettes fly off tables and yeah. um, and yeah, uh, gonna happen, isn't it? Uh, of course, yeah, and uh, especially if you if you're on the coast, and um, you know there's you know the, what the coasts are like here in Spain, yeah. rest, rest, restaurants every two meters, and uh, a lot of rubbish does fly off onto the street. But as you said, people come around and pick it up, and they try to keep these areas reasonably clean. Of course, um, uh, one person's uh, what's clean for one person might be dirty for another, you yeah. know. So so it's difficult to talk about that. Is there extreme poverty in Spain? Was his other question? Extreme poverty? No. Extreme poverty. There's, so. I mean, there's poverty. I there's mean, always going to be people living below the poverty yeah, line, according course. to the you know anyway. those, those statistics. Yeah. But extreme extreme poverty. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to say that there is well, because homeless we, people. Uh, that's extreme poverty. Yeah. Well, there. we have an area here which is the um, the Cañada. Yep. There's people living there in extreme poverty, I think. Extreme poverty? I mean, there's there's definitely poverty in Spain. I mean, that that's for sure, but I think it's poverty everywhere. Wherever you go, there's always going to be people who've got money and people that haven't. Uh, sometimes it's their fault. Sometimes it's the uh, fault of society. Sometimes it's just a, yeah. a, f- a fact of life. Not everyone can uh, be rich. But I think extreme poverty in Spain, only the type of extreme poverty you'd expect to find in any country uh, when you've got people that are homeless, um, there's some people that get, get themselves mixed up uh, in drugs and drink and yeah. they end up homeless. They lose everything they've got. Some people have problems with betting, gambling, and end up the same way. Some people are just unlucky uh, and they just end up on the streets. You're going to get extreme poverty in, in any country, I think, but I don't think it's something you would relate to with Spain. I think you'd think of Spain and think of extreme poverty. No. Well, this is that point that I mentioned before that I think people are confusing Spain with some of the um, the more poorer countries of South America, maybe I think that could be mm. the case. I have have I have had some examples of of uh, people confusing the um, as I said the language with you know and the those countries as well. Uh, when it comes to the safety issue again, I'll talk about talked about this before. When it comes to alcohol-related violence, I don't find Spain to be violent compared to Australia, for example. No, I mean, we, you tend to have more uh, alcohol-related instances in the UK, I think, than in Spain, uh, mainly because the the people that do drink in the UK um, and they're out drinking, they go out drinking. They drink uh, hard. <clears throat> they drink hard and for shorter periods of time, whereas in Spain... 
people go out different times of the day it's spread out over longer periods of time i don't think there's so many drink related problems because of that really uh, i think that's one of the biggest uh, things there isn't a throwing out time which is what we do have in the uk yeah. the pubs all shut at 11 in general i mean not all of them now people cra- people uh, get a few pints in before. yeah it's uh, it's just you know yeah uh, I don't think it's as uh, problematic in Spain as in other countries. But you uh, do get alcohol-related instances, obviously. No, of course, yeah. But um, from from a safety point of view, when you where you can take your you know the family to to an area where there are bars and restaurants, no, no, uh, it's not an issue. I uh, think not really, uh, it's not an issue uh, like I have seen, as I said, in yeah. Australia and um, um, in some other parts that i've been to as well yeah. where where people start to get a little bit um, loud and they start yeah. to get a little bit aggressive sometimes as well you know yeah. and um you don't tend to get that i'd be more concerned on the roads on the roads yeah i find with, that with driving not as safe yeah drinking um, and driving you mean is especially yeah especially in those sort of areas you get people that they do people do drink and drive here more than mm. uh than I've certainly ever seen in in any other country that I've uh, really been to for much much time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I think that's changing as well. I think that's improving. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a that's a different problem. Um, drinking and driving. Mm. Uh, drinking and driving. Yeah, they're not, they're, there's there's not as many um, uh, breath uh, testing going on. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's just uh, I don't see the police pulling pulling people over randomly or uh, or well, especially in the centre. That's that's just one thing I've noticed. You go you go to the uh, city centre, uh, maybe in the UK, especially certainly in my town, you're going to see the police uh, doing random stops. Every I've now never and again. been stopped in Spain. Never. Um, when I lived in the village uh, outside of uh, Madrid, I, I got stopped quite regularly there. By the probably, yeah, probably once. Uh, every two, three months, maybe I'd be stopped. Uh, random um, uh, stops there. Uh, I, I do believe that did have something to do with uh, the whole ETA problem, okay. uh, the terrorist problem. In the past, they were doing sort of uh, random stops uh, to try and stop uh, these people coming into the the centre and that. But especially in vans, uh, which is what I was driving. Uh, but in general, I think around Rivas. Well, they do target um, uh, white vans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, obviously so. because they could they could be moving something that uh, could be a little bit suspicious mm. but i mean compared to compared to australia i mean australia i mean you could argue australia is a you know it's a nanny state or a police state or whatever you want to call it i mean but when i went i went home uh, last year and we were stopped three times maybe <laughs> really? for random breath testing three times oh, yeah. obviously it's the christmas time of the year yeah. but the 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 the, co- the police there are just um, you know over the top compared to here. I mean here you're going to get a control. But I think here they do the t- they do these random stops differently here. Yeah. Uh, they they pick a specific place where they think people are going to go near the motorway. So they either stop you on the motorway. So on the A3 they'll actually close a yeah. huge section of the A3, push you onto the service. But roads. that's also because of the drug problem in the in yeah. the. But they do that in other parts as well, I think. So I mean, it's just, yeah, so I think it's a, a big, a, a big random sort of test on a major road, yeah, and they shutting test down the, a lot of people. Road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then on the entrances to to Rivas as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you come off of Rivas, off the main road, uh, yeah. off the motorway, and you come, we'll around, get a control every now. And yeah, again. you get controls there as well, but not in Rivas. You don't get. I, I don't. I've never no, the seen lo- the local police. The local police don't yeah. go out of their way. No. Well, to, maybe uh, it's not their job. It is. Uh, no, it, it is. Oh, it is yeah, their job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always see so the Guardia Civil stopping. This is why the Guardia Civil are only doing that area down the
down there uh, because that okay. that's their yeah. competency is the the national road. Yeah. But as soon as they come in here, they have a limited responsibility. Yeah. But it's amazing the amount of people. I'd go out for a uh, drink with friends and family, or go out for lunch more, or or a dinner. Yeah. And we ordering everyone be ordering the drinks. So yeah, like three beers, four beers, five. Okay, John, no, I have a diet coke or whatever. You know, you're driving. And they're like, why are you having a coke? Cause I've got a car. It's only one drink. Yeah. You only live a hundred meters away. And I'm like, yeah, but I've got to drive. Yeah. And it's like, and they just don't get that at you gotta, all. You got to get home. Yeah. that's it. All right. Well, uh, on that note, we'll uh, we'll call it a day. Thanks for your uh, participation again here, John. No problem. Thanks uh, to everybody who has watched or listened to the podcast. Remember, you can download the podcast on all of the major podcasts podcast platforms also see it here on uh, youtube give it a thumbs up if you liked it questions or comments in the section below and we'll see you in the next one hasta luego